What up, what up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Wheel Bite, and this is the season finale. We're kicking it off on Jay's back patio right now on a beautiful sunny day in San Francisco. You can hear the J train off in the distance. We got a heavy one coming up. We're calling it Thrash World, or Trans World vs. Thrasher, or the Great Debate. We wanted to do this one for a while. This was one of our first ideas and topics that we thought would get a lot of uh, feelings going, and uh, we're excited to have this as our final episode. Uh, definitely hit us up and let us know which you, uh, which one you side with, if you do. Yeah, this is going to be the season finale. We're going to go away for a few weeks, but we will be back with more episodes, more topics, and more surprises next season. Don't worry, y'all will hear a date on social media announcing that soon enough. But yeah, we want you, the listeners, to help input ideas for things you want to hear, debated, nerded, explored, whatever. We're the podcast for the populace of skateboarders. We ain't no industry motherfuckers. We all on the same level, so we want to hear what you want to hear about. Peace. Welcome to San Francisco. Don't skate here. I feel like I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast powerhouse. From the New York, a fabulous Carter, it is fucking Friday, the fucking 10th. I'll give you a hundred bucks and I'll take out the Benny Hanna if you that 75 foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. That song makes me feel things. <laughs> Bob Deep always makes me feel things. Mainly nostalgia. All right. Welcome back. Coming to you live from San Francisco, California with another episode of Wheel Bite. I am host one of two, Theodore Mater, a.k.a. Grateful Ted. Uh, nobody calls me that. Um... Don't you hate the Grateful Dead? I fucking hate the Grateful Dead a lot. <laughs> With me, as always... Everybody should call him Grateful Ted. No. What's your name, though? <laughs> Jay Green. Jeremy Green here. And today, we're diving into a topic we have been looking forward to discussing for a long time now. And hopefully, it will be as fruitful as it was in theory and that is the big one trans world versus thrasher which one do we prefer which one is better which one is worse in the end we kind of think that they work best side by side sort of like an angel and devil duo like you gotta have God to have Satan and vice versa. This was one of our first topics that we came up with, I think. Mm -hmm. Probably yeah, a conversation that we've had 
five times over by now. <laughs> Actually, as I was coming down here today, I was thinking about, I'm like, oh, we've definitely discussed this and not recorded it on yeah. multiple occasions. <laughs> Usually under the influence of heavily indica-based marijuana um, and probably a few coronas. However, to kick things off, we decided picking our favorite cover from each mag was a solid way to get the ball rolling. So Thrasher is my most obvious choice. Uh, Jeremy Ray, Ollie Between Two Water Towers by Dan Sturt. Just the fucking greatest cover ever. The story of how that cover got there is even better, but that's a story for another day. Just fucking epic, epic cover. Uh, And, I mean, Thrasher definitely boasts the, like, extreme gnarly lifestyle and i don't think anything is gnarlier than that that is like a death defying stunt and it happened i think in like 96 well it's just a super dope photo too oh i know like just the photo is super crazy and thrasher has always had a wide range of how they present their covers yeah absolutely and that one is i would say one of the more artistic which is, of course, Thrasher why I like covers, it. Which yeah, is of course, why you like it. <laughs> Thrasher is definitely like all about the gnarliest of the gnar on their cover. Like, if you get the cover of Thrasher, it means you did something fucking obscene. While Transworld, on the other hand, I don't always think their covers are the gnarliest thing as much as the most artistic thing, which is why I had a little more trouble figuring out which one. Um, I was tossing up a few in my head. The most recent one of like Daywan doing the hand slap in that building is really cool. Um, Heath Kirchart, backside board slide down El Toro, or was it a frontside lip slide? I actually I can't remember which right now. But either way, it's Heath Kirchart on El Toro, so that's pretty memorable. There was this Jason Lee one that I always liked, but the one that I think is my favorite because this spawned a whole fucking subculture of like style photos and shit but the one of todd swank just pushing it's like a cover in the 80s and it's a grant Britton photo but jesus christ i mean just a genius idea for a cover someone pushing but doing it perfectly i'm gonna start off with my trans world picks i'm not disappointed in my trans world picks but their newer covers. Mm-hmm. One of them, or the first one is the Dennis Buzinitz backside nose blunt mm-hmm. around the corner at Third and Army. I specifically remember seeing that cover and just being so anxious to see the footage of it. And Dennis Buzinitz is one of my all time favorites too. So anytime he's on a cover, you know it's some fucked up shit going on. And the next one is Tyshawn Jones, Nolly Heel over this bar in New York. And it's massive. He's like a foot over the bar. I really like that kid. His pop is out of control. His style is super New York. And uh, I recently, I can't remember, in the last day or two, I saw an old clip of someone just frontside ollieing over the bar. And I couldn't believe it. This is years ago, but yeah. 
And then moving on to Thrasher, where I have a much longer list, as you could imagine. I'm going to start off with one of the most famous Thrasher covers, which is the Mike Carroll Skater of the Year uh, cover. He's uh, at Embarcadero. He's doing a gap to tail slide. And he has just the fat fucking FTC, like original FTC sticker on the bottom of his board. And it's just like at night and he just like stands out in the photo. So perfect. It's so iconic. Uh, another is a Marcus McBride cover. To my knowledge, it's the only cover that Marcus ever got. And he's doing a ollie into a street off of, I think, a curb cut. It's one of those, you know, Thrasher covers that's like super kind of zoomed in, like close photo. And you can't really tell where he's coming from, but it's a fat ollie. And kind of of all the things Marcus has done, like cover worthy things, he got a Thrasher cover for just an ollie. So I think like the the obscureness of the photo is is awesome too. And then there's a couple honorable mentions that are not skate photos that I really love. So there's a fit that famous Antoine Dixon cover where he's just like it looks like he's he's like has his hands up and it looks like he's just like yelling. It's a Thrasher cover. He has his shirt off. And then the Brian Anderson skater oh, of the year cover. I was going to mention that one. The Cash Money Records like rec- album cover spoof with all the fucking like champagne and money and like the toy machine bling makes yeah. that shit awesome. Um, and then this, the, of course, the snowboard cover of Thrasher. I love it so much. The Thrasher had a cover of a dude just doing like a backside carve on a snowboard. Uh, I believe his name is Rob Roskop. And it's, I think it's one of the most awesome, ridiculous thrasher kind of like trivia facts, like info pieces that not a lot of people know about that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's completely obscure and I love it. Yeah. It shows a it, lot of like all the wacky things Thrasher has tried. I was going to say, they'll try anything once. Yeah. I mean, they used to push <laughs> snowboarding so fucking hard. Well, I always think of how, like, I remember I texted you this thing, but when I was looking through an old Thrasher one day and I found an Echo ad with Fred Durst, like, lighting shoes on fire. And. I even posted it on Instagram and said, you know, even Thrasher Mag has committed its fair share of sins because, I mean, for the company and magazine that, like, boasts that they're the fucking coolest, raddest, gnarliest thing ever, you know, they still had Limp Biscuit in their fucking magazine, <laughs> which is just funny to think about. Uh, I love weird cultural moments like Forget that. about their monster ads when they first started put it had like online uh edits hey man if brandon beeble has taught me anything in this life it's that energy drinks pay lots of money but i mean getting down to the mags you know when it comes down to it thrasher was first you know they started in 1981 and 
Transworld started a couple years later. And Transworld actually started as the sort of family-friendly alternative to Thrasher. Because Perfect. Uh, our research found that w- one of the reasons is because Thrasher ran an ad with a topless woman with independent stickers on her breasts and this was seen i guess i can understand why like suburban skaters parents and well the name of the magazine to begin with what thrasher Thrasher is not the most inviting name and that logo that logo has a certain look to it too yeah a certain like uh you know dangerous edgy type of feel that that font has always and now has been beaten to death to like advertise edgy things and by the way if you are in a punk band and you are listening to this and your logo is in thrasher font seriously reconsider your fucking marketing strategy this shit is played out the thrasher flames oh i'm over all things like in the thrasher font i'm just over it like specifically the flames not even no all of it all of it like stop it we get it you know what thrasher is and you're paying homage to the mag but like or maybe they don't even at this point there's so many people have ripped it off that they just don't even know where it's originally from don't joke about people not knowing where that's originally from you know you know it's out there you know it you know it's true somewhere fucking hate it um but yeah Transworld was the family friendly version of a skateboarding magazine. And um, the other thing our research showed was that, uh, you know, Thrasher had an article called Skate and Destroy, which obviously at this juncture has become their entire message. Yeah, they've started off from the get-go with the rugged, fuck you, Bay Area, San Francisco attitude Mm -hmm. and they've never shied away from that being their lane and their image fausto vitello is one of the original dudes who started it and uh, the vitello family is actually still running it today yeah it's always been a family-run business and i mean while they are under like high speed productions publishing at this point high speed is still a very like small time thing compared to other publications while like you look at Transworld and they're fucking owned by Time Warner. They got bought by Time Warner in the mid nineties. You know, that's insane. That's a corporate commodity right there. Which that in itself is like a huge difference and definitely comes through into how the mags are ran and their content and everything that comes with it. But even going back to fucking Thrasher's whole skate and destroy ideology, you know, Transworld had something early on called skate and create in their magazines. They were trying to have like a more positive, uplifting thing going on. And the skate and create thing is actually still carried out to this day because they do that thing every once in a while where they like. They shoot the skater, like, doing the same trick in a bunch of different, like, places and, like, kind of piece the pictures together. And 
I don't know. It, I was looking at one of the covers today when I was looking at what some of my favorite trans world covers were. And like, they still do that. You know, they had one a few years ago that comes to mind where it's like on the Bay blocks. I think it was like miles Silvis hmm. on the Bay blocks, but it's all these like different things like put together. And I don't know. It's a cool idea. But that also, going back to something like Skate and Create and Skate and Destroy, which Mm -hmm. is so funny to think that's just like the fine line between the two. That being said, Transworld has always been the polished, artsy, clean-cut thing, while Thrasher has very much been about like debauchery, and it's a lifestyle thing, and it's just so much in your face attitude you know that's why they had all the like cool punk bands in the magazines back in the day and look at the early thrasher videos yeah compared to any video trans world put out mm-hmm. ever after that like the early thrasher videos uh jay was saying earlier today how like they're kind of like what we have now on the internet yeah they're super super similar i went back and we Prepping for this episode, I you know did a little a little research and I watched a handful of Thrasher videos, and I was surprised that they're so similar to what's coming out now or some of the stuff that's coming out now with like it's super montagey and it's super like quick cuts and it's a lot of like street footage mm-hmm. like actual like hill like you know bombing house hits and bench stuff like that um and you can totally tell that thrasher immediately was putting out what they wanted to be portrayed as i guess if that makes sense they're the way they're putting their videos out was definitely a portrayal of just their like gritty kind of raw rough around the edges image and content well trans world too they actually only started making videos because i found this out on an episode of the nine club that they originally got video cameras for the sessions to have those like video grab sequences in the magazine like so they could Mm -hmm. lay those out Mm -hmm. but they started putting some of that footage together and making the first like batch of trans world videos. It wasn't till like John Holland and Ty Evans came into the picture that they were kind of trying to make these videos something more and like more of a memorable experience. And then by the time feedback comes around, like these trans world videos now are like full blown projects that, have all these different skaters who are getting interviewed for the mags and like you know it kind of correlated in the beginning with who was getting coverage in the next few issues of trans world to who would have video parts in their next video like especially with feedback and the reason and uh modus operandi like that era in particular those videos though are now seen as some of the best to ever exist in skate video history. Clearly Transworld took the time and put the thought and the effort and the budget and putting hiring the right staff behind those videos and going back Trans or Thrasher was 
almost doing the complete opposite. Right. It was whichever (laughs) dingus had a camera. Yeah. We were talking before this, and I was telling Ted, I was like, dude, they fucking put anyone in those fucking videos. Like, it's their videos are damn near one long ass montage until the like the later like a little bit later in the 90s the few of their videos they kind of started to hone it in a little bit and there's like you saw like more parts but mm-hmm. for the most part they're they're pretty hectic and they're very lighthearted. they're hella spoofy so sponsor me is an amazing video if you haven't checked it out please watch that video it's super relevant to right now too um donut duty i think it's called or donut patrol that one's hella funny too clearly thrasher has never taken themselves too seriously and in these early videos and they set the tone for who they are really really early and like we said earlier an uh, in intro with that with like the kooky videos and the snowboarding content and all this other shit they've kind of tried it all to where they are now which is like you know they've got it fucking down thrasher is is still leading the game and now they actually have the best they have the best exclusive content so Mm -hmm. they they present a lot of videos we were talking about some young kids from the city who had parts that were exclusively through thrasher so they really shied away from kind of what trans world molded into which is almost a video powerhouse when I think of Transworld, I think of my favorite Transworld videos. And Thrasher totally became a powerhouse with their online content. And Transworld is getting better with it, but they still can't completely compete with Thrasher. Yeah, I feel like Thrasher always gets the better internet shit for sure. Everything they put up really correlates with what they're about and what they kind of see as skateboarding. Like... The fact that you can see fucking something like the Converse video and then the fucking Fancy Lad video on the same site and they're backing both of them shows that they're kind of like, you know, we see skateboarding in our own image. Well, these companies want that Thrasher seal of approval. They, I can, want, they want Thrasher to roll out their content. Well, let's just put it this way. Skater of the year. You know, Transworld gives a skater they, right, year yeah. every year too, but I feel like it doesn't <laughs> mean, mean nearly second, as much. Second place skater of the year, you mean? Yeah, pretty much. That's too funny and too true. Getting the Thrasher Skater of the Year, I mean, honestly, like it's like winning the Oscar for Best Picture or something like that. I mean, you are it's the ultimate. Yeah, it, and like I couldn't even name who the last like five trans world skaters of the year are, but I could definitely tell you the last five thrasher skaters of the year. And I want to say trans world always, I don't know if they go out of their way to do it, but it's never the same person that thrasher picks. Someone once pointed out to me that if you look back at a lot of thrasher skaters of the year, a lot of them are in some way affiliated with deluxe there's, and yeah, I mean, you could say there has definitely been a theme. always uh, been some ties with 
the deluxe Thrasher families. Like they've always very much been integrated with one another. Or you could say that Deluxe has just, you know, dominated and has <laughs> harbored the best talent in uh, the skateboard industry. I mean, that's definitely a big part of it, but I also think that Deluxe's no, image. Sure. But I also think Deluxe's image of skateboarding, for the most part, does indeed tie in a lot with what thrashers images for skateboarding. still yeah absolutely they're they're they go hand in hand they're both still ran out of san francisco Mm -hmm. and they yeah they share a lot of the same values within the skateboarding world yeah and i mean ultimately thrashers image has consistently been like eat sleep drink fuck skateboarding that's it like you do all four of those things to skateboarding. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. So to play off of the kind of the uh, devil and angel and the, the two necessary sides that are broadcasting skateboarding, the two major media outlets, Transworld and Thrasher Magazine, there's a good story. I read a... Jack Fardell interview a few years ago in a trans world and it doesn't go too deep into it, but Jack Fardell was on anti-hero for a little bit and, uh, he's asked in the interview what happened with anti-hero. And I guess word had gotten through the industry that he left anti-hero because of some kind of morals or something like that. And he, goes a little bit into it and it's not what what he says is not a big deal that's not the point but i think it's interesting that he's able to tell that side of the story in a trans world as where do you think that's going to get brought up in a thrasher magazine with the kind of that bias that we're talking about a little bit towards deluxe distribution companies you know like or are they going to make fun of him for something like that? I'm not going to, I don't need to go into, you can find the article on, on trans world. I'm not going to go into it. Cause I don't fully know what happened, of course, but you know, they're, they definitely have a different way with dealing with things. And he didn't feel like he shared the same morals as people on anti-hero and was able to kind of get this, I guess, platform, through trans world to address it a little bit. Well, I mean, it's a similar thing with what happened to Darrell Stanton. You know, he was on Real. He was arguably one of, like, Real's gnarliest dudes in that time period. And he basically ended on really bad terms with them, and people at Deluxe went right to Thrasher and were like, cut this kid's coverage. And that was all it took. Like, that was a huge death nail in his career. And, I mean, he was able to, like, play it out for a few more years. You know, he had one of the last parts in that Element video and shit like that. But he never fully was able to recover or come back from the way he was on top of the world in that time period. Thrasher, they definitely say what is skateboarding, which is a heavy fucking industry hand to have for sure like trans world 
they don't have that same kind of power There's, for whatever reason. Thrasher, to me, is ran more like a family, and that's good and bad in some ways because, you know, think about being in the Thrasher family. You have an easy in for your content to have an outlet. Absolutely. You know? And at the same time, you know, you have the opposite, which is trans world and trans world is still kind of trying to find their own because like we're saying with the the reoccurring faces and companies that you see on thrasher mm -hmm. you know like is that your only audience is that the biggest audience and that's what matters if if someone was asked what what companies do you expect to see on a, to be featured on a thrasher website what do you think people are gonna say Oh, they're definitely going to say, like, anti-hero, zero fucking real. real, anything to do with Spitfire. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. You know? But the flip side of that, too, though, I feel is, you know, yeah, they, they do have that say in, like, what's gnarly and stuff. But because Trans World isn't exactly telling you what's gnarly, they're simply pointing out there is another side to skateboarding and that's like the gnarly creative oh i want to say almost like trans world is about like the small things in skateboarding to an extent if that makes any sense like you know i i, I don't want to just keep using the videos as an example <laughs> but i think back to like those videos that are the great trans world videos of their time and place and i think of like the little shot the cool artsy 16 millimeter film shots of like everyone skating under a bridge or of like a time lapse sequence at fucking love park or like just these little minute details that like they are good at advertising and that's where like i want to bring up the idea to um trans world has that thing they do it more online nowadays but it, they still do it in the magazine, but a little more limited, and that's sightings. I think Transworld sightings have given birth to some of the fucking best and most memorable photos in skateboarding. Like no ads. Yeah, yeah. Just like a and barely any text too. Yeah. Like just a little thing that says like who the skater is and what they're doing and where they're doing it. And the caliber of photographers you got to see in those sections too. Like you never knew what you were going to get. Sometimes you're getting fucking Mike Blayback photos, Atiba photos, fucking Grant Britton photos, spike photos. Like you're seeing all this dope shit and it's not just there to be like crammed down your throat and like, bye, 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 bye. It's just good skate photography for the sake of good skate photography see i was more of a photo graffiti person myself <laughs> of course you were you know because i thought it was dope that you i could possibly make it into a thrasher i was never good enough to make it into a fucking mag they were putting all sorts of shit in photo graffiti of kids in fucking des moines fucking doing a 
a crook stall at his local skate park. You know what I mean? All the way to like something gnarly being done in another spot of the country. Uh, photo graffiti was a little section. It's oh, it's still there. It's still there, <laughs> right? Still alive and well in Thrasher of just random fan kind of submission type of thing, yeah. like skater submission photos of either their photo or them and, skating and sometimes they do make those photos super creative like they do weird shit simply because they know like oh this will get their attention yeah like people like skating through a basketball hoop yeah or some yeah, weird yeah, yeah. shit like that where they're told know? they're definitely trying to get thrasher's attention yeah but i can respect the fact though that trans world would put these photos out there simply because like Here's some good art. Like, appreciate this good art. And they had the photo issue all of the fucking time, too. Yeah. And that always got me stoked. Well, think about this. It took Trans World to make possibly the best Cardiel part ever. That is a very interesting point right there. Think about that. Possibly the... Thrasher's fucking possibly, number one dude. Possibly, and the same video, possibly the two most gritty dudes, Henry Sanchez and John Cardiel, they made those fucking parts crispy and clean. And what fucking all John's other footage is in old Spitfire video and, you know, like uh, anti-hero videos that that don't necessarily look like that. No, not at all. Like, I mean, those anti-hero videos are very much like kind of cut and paste, you know. They look a lot like the early Thrasher videos. They do look a lot like the early Thrasher videos, probably because they were being filmed by the same fucking people. (laughs) But... Yeah, um, that was definitely Cardiel's most focused moment. Um, but no, it's it's definitely interesting that Transworld was able to take Deluxes and Thrashers, like Golden Child and fucking clean it up like and, make him yeah. put out the part that like everyone remembers that shit. Right. You know, it's not like that's a slept on part. The way, like, you can ask people if they've seen Fucktards, the first anti-hero video with some of Cardiel's gnarliest footage, and they're all going to say... Which is a lot of people's <laughs> favorites still, you know, but I the way Trans World was able to take that kind of skater who... And that kind of skater who you're used to seeing a different kind of looking footage mm-hmm. and do it the way they did... With Henry Sanchez, too, and and hella other people that they had throughout the years in their videos. The key word in there is focused. Like we've said, Thrasher's willing to try everything once. They're definitely a little more, like, unpredictable. Transworld is indeed very much, like, it's focused. That's the fucking best way I can put it. Like, it's all super clean cut. It's all very nicely put together. Even still to this day, like, you know, it's very carefully orchestrated and, you know, the way they put their videos together. Um, Although I don't think they've had any videos that have really caught my attention in the past few years, unfortunately. Even with their online content, though, they're picking... Yeah, they're trying to to transition... 
I think so, and like into online. I think it's good that they hype up a lot of the weirder indie artsier videos. Like one video that Transworld was really hyping up a couple of years ago was Spirit Quest, and mm. that shit was like all over their page. That wasn't really touched by Thrasher, as far as I know. But Spirit Quest was all over fucking Transworld. They do have Bob shirt. And oh, now which is yes. my favorite skateboarding shit on the internet nowadays. Yeah. That is that is true that they picked that up, and that's definitely something that kind of delves into you know the inner skate nerds and the nostalgia, but also keeps it. I don't know. I think it's funnier too that they keep getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> I think it's also funny that. Transworld, like we mentioned, is a corporate company. Mm -hmm. And do you ever watch any of like their little park clips or anything? Like they have, like there's like they have their own skate park, like Transworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I know that, dude. Arizona Ice Tea is plastered. I'm pretty sure. Last time I checked, is like that's like their main sponsor. Well, it's funny because Arizona Ice Tea has a little skate team now, and that's ridiculous. That's where I see those edits. Is like that's on Transworld. Fucking insane. What's Arizona? If you want to sponsor me, all... I'm down. <laughs> What's funny is those kids are actually all pretty nasty, but like, it's Arizona Ice Tea, and it's I'm on sure. Transworld. I'm sure they're great at skateboarding, but fucking Arizona's just. No, come on. <laughs> no, they should. It's the same with this old T-shirt who company also, I worked for in like, New Hampshire. Has also, who team. told Transworld that that was going to be a good look for them, anyways? Their you know wallets, I mean? probably. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure Arizona is fucking breading them out, but like that totally goes along with what we're saying of just kind of. Was does Double Rock have any sponsors plastered around it? I don't think so. Probably not, as far as I know. I'd have to like really pick them out. Maybe yeah. like DC. <laughs> and but I doubt Transworld it. has never been. I guess. I guess they've never really been afraid of sticking their corporate neck out either. And I think that's why Thrasher holds so much clout within the skateboarding world because they they've never had to push their values aside or apologize for who they are they just put it out there and they're like you either read this shit and love it or you don't and we don't fucking care while Transworld has very much tried to stay on that straightened path and do the corporate thing but because of thrasher's like unapologetic attitude like, they are arguably a little more successful. And, I mean, I posed the question when we sat down today, you know, when's the last time you saw someone in a trans world hoodie? Well, they've been able to cultivate a more of a lifestyle following. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people who wear Thrasher and are involved somehow in Thrasher, know someone that works there throughout the city or has, you know, whatever it may be. And they've they've really kind of embedded themselves into the culture, skateboarding culture, way deeper than Transworld ever could through music, through their contests, through all sorts of uh, shit that they do that's kind of, 
you know, not maybe just like skate content. Mm -hmm. And now Thrasher is, are you kidding me? Like it's the most taboo sweatshirt you could own. Are either you're a fucking (laughs) a skater from San Francisco or you're what a fucking 19 year old girl who got it at zoomies. It's just that image of the Thrasher logo, like, I mean, we talked about how annoyingly overused that font is, but that image is instantly recognizable now, like, all over. And that's why you'll never see a Transworld skateboarding hoodie, because everyone would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> However, that being said, I rocked the fucking t-shirt that I got when I subscribed to Transworld as a kid till I was fucking 18 and was in a Rage Against the Machine mosh pit and it had gotten like ripped completely in half. And I was like, well, it was a good six years, buddy. And I just fucking tossed it. But I did rock that thing for a long time. Just just my own personal fashion anecdote there being from san francisco the way i always saw thrasher gear was like wearing a san francisco giants hat like it was the same thing to me i'm from san francisco i'm a san francisco skateboarder like thrasher is my team that's like my home team i still feel that way Actually, the first Thrasher hoodie I ever got was too small for me, and it was given to me by a fucking, like, punk band whose music video shoot I couldn't get into when I was a teenager, and they felt bad, so they're like, here's a Thrasher hoodie that definitely doesn't fit you. (laughs) And none of them skated either. That is the thing. I would assume, I I don't know if they did or didn't. They were on the Warped Tour, though. Does that... Does that say anything at all? It's a prerequisite. You can't skate. You're no one on the Warp Tour skates. <laughs> that would be a fun pull to take at this year's Warp Tour. Thrasher or Transworld. Here you go. It's on. Whichever one of you wants to pay me to go down to the Warp Tour and film a video where I go around and ask everyone in that crowd to do a kickflip, I, I will do that and make that video for your web content i was so. talking about the performers well dude well i mean that's it depending which magazine sends me down there yeah we'll get backstage access and like <laughs> go ask fucking one of the guys from less than jake to do a kickflip oh my god <laughs> it would make my day that's gonna be a negative yeah Transworld probably won't like that that's definitely not a family friendly segment <laughs> brought to you by arizona iced tea <laughs> We make jokes, but I mean, I do overall have a tremendous respect for each magazine for totally different reasons, you know, for each one. I, I read both of them when I get the chance equally. They're the, both there for whatever you want to pull from skateboarding. Exactly. So when I, was start, when I started buying skateboard magazines and I started, like, getting into skating super heavy... I also wanted to hear about the other side of skateboarding. I wanted to read in articles about 
my favorite skaters smoking weed and like partying and like the music they listen to and like kind of the lifestyle behind it. And I was totally able to get that through Thrasher. And if I wanted to see a more focused, not necessarily better skateboarding, but maybe a cleaner presentation of skateboarding, Mm -hmm. I totally would go over to a trans world video or pick up a magazine. Definitely favored towards Thrasher, but like I appreciate trans world for providing that other side well i was gonna bring that up earlier too the trans world had the pro spotlights and the yeah. AM spotlights and like when i want to read actual quality skateboarding journalism i will definitely turn to trans world and look for a pro spotlight like the other day i was flipping through one from like 2006 that we had kicking around at work and it was the danny garcia pro spotlight from like around the time he was really killing it. And I don't really know much about Danny Garcia, but I found the like the interview really fascinating, like the way it was presented. And then all the photos were taken by uh, Sue Trin. Dude, all like just a phenomenal like all around piece. That was why most people I felt turned to trans world. They wanted that like really in depth, almost like the kind of interview you might read in sports illustrated or something like that, you know? Yeah. While thrasher, like you said, like that was the lifestyle you're hearing about them fucking partying and like life on the road and fucking all those shenanigans. Yeah, you probably want to read a, a tour a tour little piece you probably want to like you'll enjoy that more in in the thrasher right the tour pieces in trans world are typically like went to hotel right like japanese distributors met us there it's like that's not what any of these skateboarders are doing (laughs) like going to the hotel and it's sleepy time right Right. That being said, the one who did write good tour pieces for Trans World was always Ed Templeton, but that's because Ed Templeton like knows how to make anything fucking kind of crass and ridiculous. Like even if it is clean cut, he'll find a way to like. So what about jokes and shit? Because I'm sure we will potentially get to it in another episode, but just just a little bit into why some of the other greats maybe didn't make it obviously big brother slap yeah. slap and big i mean i love slap slap, slap was, was kind of sick. like trans world in the sense that it was really artsy as well like a lot of the shit I felt that, like slap was perfectly in between thrasher and well yeah world. like i was gonna say the photography was always really good but the interviews were with some of the gnarlier dudes like one of the best interviews I've ever read in a slap was a Coco Santiago feature, and it like you saw insight into how fucking gnarly that dude was. <laughs> what do you think it was? What do you think? Why slap and Big Brother failed, like, or or at least in in this episode of us highlighting Trans World and Thrasher being opposites, and why that's why they've been able to succeed. Mm-hmm. Where was it? that slap because slap actually had like the best thing ever which was the message board which i guess didn't really have anything to do with i think slap eventually became more famous for the fucking message oh it's totally true they did and then big brother was you know a whole other kind of shit show of its own big brother obviously now has like the most famous and notorious 
existence in all that is skateboarding magazines. Like, yeah, Thrasher eh, and Trans World reigns. I think Thrasher takes that. Well, so. no, what I mean is like their story is marginally more famous than fucking Thrasher's story. The whole idea behind Big Brother was to just say fuck everyone and fuck everything and just constantly like crash their metaphorical car through brick wall after brick wall after brick wall and just like pick up the pieces later. And I think in the end, it just like caught up to them, you know, by the end of their time, they were still kind of crass, but they had long ago alienated, you know, what the magazine was in its infancy. And I'm sure most of the readers, you know, some people probably liked it, but I'm sure that shift was enough to fuck with people and make them not necessarily want to read it anymore because the shock value was completely gone. And moving into the internet era, a slap, uh, a message board wasn't going to save slap. Yeah. You know? Again, this all had to do, too, with adapting to the times and like well transworld being corporate they had the money to survive the internet onslaught mm -hmm. and thrasher being the try anything and everything og they made it out of the fucking storm no absolutely and that's why they have like one of the most sought after web content areas like when it comes to skateboarding like you get that thrasher seal of approval in any way, shape, or form, like whether it be on Instagram, whether it be on their website, that's huge. We were talking about this yesterday when I was out skating, because um, right now there's a clip that got posted by Thrasher of some people we know in New York pulling like a metal barrier away so that this kid can kickflip down a flight of stairs and the cop like throws the barrier at him while he's going down the stairs. And we were talking about how, like, one of our friends is in the clip and didn't get tagged. And my buddy's like, yeah, dude, if Thrasher tags you on Instagram, that's an Insta-G followers right there. Like, Insta-G <laughs> for getting mentioned by Thrasher. I thought that was a pretty funny term, like, the Insta-G. It's an actual thing. He knows people that that's happened to. But that's the <laughs> thing. Like, it probably is true. Like, Thrasher has such a huge following yeah. on the internet. Like, what they say is the gospel. Again, why they're so great is because they're so accessible like that. They'll post some cutty shit like that, and they're still, again, the biggest media outlet in skateboarding but they'll post a no-name person and w just because it's a dope skateboarding clip. absolutely the other day they posted that shit of did you see they're in a swimming pool and the guy kick flips another human who's underwater like thrasher posted that and it's like not even skateboarding just because whoever at thrasher thought that was like funny and rad they're such a big house and they're so worldwide but they've somehow been able to create this family kind of like almost smaller kind of vibe mm -hmm. where they're like way more reachable and accessible it's true they have been able to prosper greatly and it's clear, like, in the internet department, Transworld, to some extent, is still finding their footing. But They're they have, but they still have their niche. Like, they have the cool indie 
artsier videos that they find out there, like whether it be like some small town kids video and or they have the fucking video that they're putting out that year that they're hyping up big time. They need to get the they need to tap into that old trans world feel. I want to see some of those start coming back out and the age of so much content coming out, they need to just throw us like a, an edit or like something with that old kind of those those videos, I mean, we could do a whole, we could do we could do episodes on each video, but something I want to highlight and something we actually had down in talking about this episode is the staff behind both of these companies and what the staff has done to create the vibe and kind of the feel and lane of each company. And it's definitely worth talking about the lineups like we're talking we're talking about sight and scene with john cardiel and henry sanchez like just look at that video of like how they're able to pick these different skaters in a and it's a random lineup when you put them all next to each other but the video is so fucking perfect that you don't even really notice the people who are putting these films together just alone in the skaters they were choosing was like super dope in itself and i mean even look at the people who were making those videos too and again like when we were bringing up sightings earlier i was talking about the high caliber of photographer they had putting those pictures in the magazine you look at the people too who have made those trans world videos you know john holland has been the fucking staff video director there forever and he he knows what he's fucking doing at this point but then in the meantime, like you've also had Ty Evans. Obviously, he's gone on to fucking crazy success. And then Greg Hunt did a couple of them with John Holland. And Greg Hunt's career obviously has gone on to be crazy. And I mean, look at the two Greg Hunt did with him. They did IE and Sight Unseen, arguably two of the like most focused mm-hmm. and fucking clean. Clean. And not only that, like artistically well done Transworld videos. I mean, is trans world going to be is like, are they going to make it? Like, I honestly don't think that they're like, they caught up a little bit with the online shit, but I think that they're so fucking far behind the amount, like still the amount of exclusive content that Thrasher has and continues to put out is just like, how can they compete with that? I know they have the corporate money behind them, but at some point, like, I don't know. Honestly, I like the I like Transworld snowboarding their Instagram and their kind of like online shit more than the skateboarding stuff. I mean, that might stuff like that might be able to keep it afloat. The fact that they do have they all have these other, different yeah, facets. Surfing too. Yeah, you know they they are a lifestyle brand in a completely different sense. Like you know they they're more of like a business lifestyle brand. If anything, they have Transworld business. <laughs> Like, where they teach you how to fucking run all these fucking companies. I don't know if that's still a thing, but it was a thing at one point. (laughs) But because they have all these different facets, I'm sure, you know, they'll always be able to stay afloat. But I think, honestly, like, Thrasher needs Transworld, and Transworld needs Thrasher. Like, they just... You can't have God without Satan. It's the eternal fucking struggle. And maybe that's what... That fucking 
Gon's painting was all about that was on Max Schaff's ramp. <laughs> it was foresight into Wheelbite yeah. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it was it was foresight <laughs> into our bong induced thought process. <laughs> I joke, but like, no, you just, you can't have God without the devil and you can't have the devil without God. So like maybe as long as these two things are fucking going at it, you know, they'll help propel one another forward in different ways. Who knows? Transworld could drop the fucking most banging video in the next year and we won't even have seen it coming and everyone will freak the fuck out. It's interesting because I would say... Transworld's height was in those videos, and as video, like physical copy sales have died, you kind of have seen those Transworld videos die also. Well, Transworld also, from what I I think I've read, they also have slowed down to how many magazines come out a year. I'm pretty sure it comes out every two months now. You know, that's pretty fucking gnarly, and I'm quite a sign of the times. And on the other hand, a Thrasher subscription is like fucking like $14, and you get a free T-shirt. It's clear Thrasher is the voice of the people. Like, that's not to be disputed. But Transworld just shows you you don't have to skate and destroy. You can apparently skate and create. It's gain destroy.